Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's Monday, you know what that means. Another ATP Challenger edition of the show from friends Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. On today's episode, they discuss the immense amount of success had by the qualifiers, the guys we are accustomed to seeing compete at the Challenger level at the 2021 U.S. Open. They also discuss Benjamin Bonzi's struggle to transition from the challengers to tour level events they talk about the wave of french juniors recently arriving at the challenger level and so much more it is a fantastic conversation that i know all of you listeners are going to enjoy of course before we get to their chat a quick reminder if you're looking for 2021 u.s open content we are providing picks each and every evening here on our gsp ace of the day segment you're looking for daily recaps the mini break podcast podcast feed is the one for you of course you can find recaps of all of our content on our website crackedrackets.com uh if you have missed any of our cracked interviews of late we've been so fortunate to add cracked rackets athletes to our team via our project elite if you haven't heard about that you can learn about it via the cracked interviews podcast we did with newest cracked rackets athletes canon kingsley isabel boulay kawaisi kenyatta and hunter hack you can learn more about project elite by going to project elite.com but with that said you came here to hear some challenger talk so let's get to it another episode from our friends damian kust and Jakob bobro west off roll it Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Uh, hey, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Two Podcast. I think we're just gonna jump into it. Actually, I'm once again joined, once again joined by my friend Jakub, and I mean we've got so much to talk about here. And we're probably gonna start from the U.S. Open qualifying. We we had that draft pick game last week, and well, yes. it's still not settled, but I mean it pretty much is, right? <laughs> yes, I mean so 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 currently the the, the qualifying players have really taken over they've done so much better than either of us imagined i think um i'm on 62 points damian is on 86 meaning that i basically need everybody else for damian to lose and i need peter goevchik to win the title or make the final <laughs> i think, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's make the final to tie uh, but then also assuming that that otta and uh, van der Zanskup don't win a match which is actually yeah. You know, it's plausible, but Goyovchik making the finals 
isn't true <laughs> less likely yeah i guess um, I, I guess we can just say that i'm gonna be two and up after this uh but i mean maybe maybe we can just talk about who you know who overperformed for you and who who you were disappointed with in your team i mean uh, like, like for disappointments that there, there are a couple of guys who didn't come off as, as i would have wished like kukushkin who was two cents to love up on and Lukhare went out. Um, Majerzak, he lost to Rusuvori, I think it was. Just, yep. just, just went there. Um, obviously, I got some great value in Goyovchik. I got some great value in, in Laksan. Uh, Trungeliti, also, I would have wished that he beat um, Bagnes, I think it was. Uh, but it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I also got me uh, eight points there for his, run, for his win over Lopez. Yes. Right. Um, so I mean, like, I, like, like, just looking at this, I would have felt that, like, at a regular slam, I would have done well. Like so the, the other two that we've done this for, would have been fine. <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the guys that have taken over for you, Van der Zandt, Hulk, Molchan, Alta, all of wow. Yeah, I mean, Cressy was my second to last pick, and he uh, he managed to get me eight points, which which was great. But then Alta and Van der Zandt, I mean, they're still in the tournament. And uh, yeah. actually, you know, you'd think that this is a landslide victory, but Van der Sand's group was two sets to love down against Tabernet in the first round. So yeah. he was very close to actually giving me no points at all. And at this point, he's given me 32. Like at, at Wimbledon and Ron Garros, I remember we were talking about trying to find these qualifiers who are going to win two rounds and give you 60 yeah. points. He's got d- double that. I mean, at at Roland Garros, he's a quarter finalist. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, he's, I remember at Roland Garros, I had nineteen points in total. Yeah, <laughs> and here Van der Zandt gave gave me thirty two. I mean, the the quarter finalist berth for him is absolutely amazing. I think I, I saw a stat that his carry price money is like four sixty thousand dollars, four hundred sixty, and you know the 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 paycheck for this is four hundred twenty five. So it's pretty much almost almost uh, exactly the same as he's earned throughout his career, which is just absurd. And I don't know. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, so, so he's breaking the top one hundred, I believe, on the Zanskop. Yeah, like sixty uh-huh. right now, sixty-one, I believe, in the live rankings. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and, and then you have the the situation that Oscar Ota is in, where he's made the fourth round here, but he's not really going up in the rankings almost at all. I think. Yeah, because because he's defending like two challengers at once. Um, yeah, I think it was Exxon Provence that he that he won last year and something something else. But yeah, he's he's barely yeah. like five he's, he's places. Going four four he's going spots, up from yeah. one forty four to one forty currently in the hmm. live ranking, um, <laughs> which is just so wild because like he, he's he's in the last sixteen of a slam. It's <laughs> crazy. He, to think he about. needs the semis to to break through to the one hundred, which is <laughs> absurd. Unlikely. <laughs> I mean the semis the semis give you like 720 points so yeah. that that alone is almost at the 100 perfect yeah and I mean we, I also want to talk about Alex Molchan um mm-hmm. this has been a, a great week for third round um his first two um hard court wins on the main tour um he, he only ever had wins on on clay from from Belgrade um yeah just 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 such a great week uh I wasn't like I, I was kind of optimistic about him against uh, Ilkel. I wasn't really against Nakashima. I thought Nakashima was going to go on a run after he beat Desner. Um, and for Molchan to win that, it was it was a great victory. Um, he's 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 like I think he's like one sixteen in the live when I last saw. 
probably a bit lower than that now. Yeah, no, 116. Um, so he's not far off from the top 100, which would just be incredible. And he is, he's probably going to be carrying Slovak men's tennis for, for, for the next good couple of years, I think. So it, it, it's been an amazing year for him and an amazing week here. Yeah, I had Nakashima in the forefront, so uh, so that definitely came to me as a surprise as well. One thing that I'm just seeing now is that actually every single pick gave me at least a point, which is quite yeah, shocking yeah. in terms of Donskoy, for example. I, I I picked up the two zero pointers in Huang and Karlovic. Yeah, I mean Huang was the was the surprising one. Who was he playing? Yes. I can't even I can't even recall at this point. Uh, Marcos Giron, uh, yeah, I yes, think so. yeah, yeah, I believe. Where well, well, I thought that he could get at least a couple of sets. Yeah, and Karlovic was. That's kind of weird, but well, Karlovic was just, you know, I I only had Donskoy, or, or I mean, I I also picked Runa in that same double pick, or I could have picked Donskoy, but the one point wouldn't really have helped me there either. So I, I don't think to be so. Able to cheer for Karlovic at his last slam. I, I think it was actually me picking Kresi and Donskoy and leaving you with Runa. Was it? Yeah, definitely. I remember. I remember thinking about it uh, on the on the last pick. So you actually, I remember you went for Karlovic, you know, as a as a sort of a feel good pick and, and you know, wishful yeah, thinking. I, I, then yeah, I I left Cressy on the table, which wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that was probably like, a slight I mean, mistake. To be but... fair, like 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 that victory over Karanjubusa came out of nowhere. I did not think that was happening for a single like 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 even the, in the tie break. I was like, Cressy's choking this. Cressy's choking this, right? And then it looked like he did, but the, but then he just he pulled back like the crowd that literally picked picked his huge tall body up and carried him through the rest of that match. <laughs> it was crazy. The Carreño Busta sort of choked it even harder. I mean, the, yeah, the two double much, faults yeah. that he made were were absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're still we're still uh, not exactly sure what the what, you know what the score is going to be because Goyovchuk is playing yeah. Alcaraz right now, Otte will play tomorrow, and Van der Zandt will play Medvedev, which is, I mean, Medvedev he spent like seven hours and twenty four minutes, I believe, to get to the quarters. Very, and very yeah, yeah, and Van der Van der Zandt has nineteen hours thirty seven minutes, something like that. So I, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest difference that was ever. <laughs> has to be. Has to yeah. Be. <laughs> because Medvedev hasn't lost any a set and, and Van der Zandt have lost nine on the way. So it's it's ridiculous, really. And actually also a, a player that we had, uh, well, sort of had on the podcast before with a short interview from Poznań just, just about a month ago. I definitely wasn't expecting that the guy I'm uh, I'm just talking to was gonna be a US Open quarter finalist, but <laughs> yes, yeah. Anyway, should we get into the challenger action? Yeah, we probably need to. Yes, let's start in Mallorca. Go <laughs> for it. me. Yeah, uh, yes. Lukas Latko won the title. Um, wow, I was not expecting this in the slightest. I had all but written him off to just like. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna be around for like another year or two. Then he's retiring. Then he's done. Um, for him to go out there, um, he won his 14th challenger title, and until the final, he was dominating. He didn't drop a single set against Hayates, uh, Kuzmanov, Ferreira, Silva, and he absolutely destroyed Kamka <laughs> in the semifinals. I, I watched that match. It was great. Six of six feet just killed him. And then he meets Uchiyama in the final, who. 
only had one straight sets win over Zielinski in the second round. He actually had his, he, he was a set down in the first round against Diaz when Diaz retired. Um, and then he was in pretty much grueling three set matches <laughs> for, for, for the rest of the way. Um, yeah, let, let's, let, let's go in the, in the second set tiebreak. Uh, Uchiyama won the first set and then the second set went to a tiebreak. Let's go ahead, I think, like a 5 2 lead. Um, but Uchima ended up getting um, uh, in the tiebreak. Um, oh, sorry, in the tiebreak. Oh yeah, yeah. That, oh, okay, tiebreak. never mind. Never mind then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uchima though eventually got a match point. Latsuko saved it, uh, won the set, and then won the third set, just six one, very dominant. Um, yeah, it, it was great to see from him. I, I, I it, it was a very good level. Um, his margins were were there. Uh, he, as I said, absolutely murdered <laughs> Kamke. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, oh, I would say overall level of the tournament felt kind of low. When, like, like, like when you were looking at the players who were making it there, like Uchiyama in the final, I, like, I haven't felt like Uchiyama was playing that great. And of course, he's, he's been struggling for the rest of the year. Or like you, you, you even had like, like I believe it was Vedasco in the, in the quarters. Job so so like a lot of these guys have been struggling throughout the year, um like 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 made it to the quarters um so yeah but yeah it, it was it was amazing to to see him win and hopefully he you know keeps the form for the rest of the year <laughs> that would be nice uh, I mean the the indoor hard courts are coming that's definitely his cup of tea yes so maybe <laughs> I mean before this week he lost in fourteen of the uh, fourteen opening rounds this year played like 19 events and lost in 14 opening rounds, which is absolutely crazy. And as you said, Uchiyama and Lachko were definitely not players we, we were expecting there. And uh, just looking at their paths and how they played to get to the final, I was definitely expecting Lachko to win it. And then Uchiyama was, I mean, uh, by far the better player for like a set and a half to me. But yeah. super impressive Lachko as well. I mean, the, the way he was just able to be really consistent in the in the second set tiebreak and win a lot of extended rallies which was something that was an issue for him in the in the first set and generally is an issue of, for him of course yeah <laughs> yeah and it's, it's uh, long rallies in the backhand that's what kills him every time definitely <laughs> and the, the the first set also had that monumental like 19 minute game where uchiyama broke on his 10th uh, set point and after that, I was definitely thinking that the, the momentum was going to be of Uchiyama. But I mean, 14th challenger title, that's very high on the all-time list as well. I actually have a, a bit of a question for you. Like, is he your favorite Slovakian player to watch? Or is there is there anyone else? Um, I mean, I, I would say at the time, I, it has to be Alex Molchan. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think that he's my favorite to watch. Because he 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 used to make me very nervous back when he was like better, um, and I had to like have expectations of him because like his his backhand makes me want to pull <laughs> my eyes out. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, he's he's probably the solo player that I've watched the most in person with 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 his runs mm -hmm. in in Bratislava that he's had uh, like over the years. Uh, and yeah, he's 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 definitely up there as somebody that I that I like watching. Even the the past year has been kind of horrible so I've been avoiding him a bit so I don't have to watch him lose first round over and over 
I can understand that. Yeah, I actually kind of forgot how much I enjoyed his game. And I'm definitely glad that this week has reminded me about it. I, I also definitely agree with your sentiments that the, the level was generally rather low. Uh, like we both picked Kacper Zhuk and he had like an awful performance against Kuzmanov. I watched also uh, Kozlov versus Daniel Rincon, uh, a Spanish wildcard that I, I wasn't really familiar with. And that was one of the worst matches I've seen, I've seen this year. And I mean... I watch, you know, the ITF tour. I watch some tennis that maybe isn't exactly what people see on TV. And Daniel Rincon, Stefan Kozlov was right up there. I mean, uh, yeah, really, a really painful viewing experience. But one one guy, I, I guess we need to mention uh, to make, <laughs> even if it's only to make our, uh, you know, one, one of our biggest fans happy. Actually, it's not only because of that. I mean, the, the guy really needs to be mentioned here is... I still don't know how to pronounce him. I guess Michal Gertz or Gertz, if it's if it's if it's a French part of Belgium, uh, I don't know. Anyhow, he he had a great run. Uh, honestly, you know, still winning everything in deciding sets until the until the semifinals against Uchiyama. But it's not definitely not out of nowhere. I mean, the the past few months from him have been great. He's debuting in the top three hundred plays a very fun attacking game that and I really enjoyed watching him. I was actually hoping hoping that he would get through Uchiyama. Seemed like a like a very good underdog story. Yes, yeah, I mean it, it, it's a great one. it's a great run with some impressive wins, especially beating Barrios Vera. Um, even though I mean hardcore, I, I guess it's not the hardest thing to do, but yeah, I mean just winning five matches in a row. Uh, and almost every single one of them in, in the deciding set, except for uh, final qualifying against uh, Durashovic. But yes, yeah, definitely give Uchiyama a, a good game and was kind of rooting for him over, over Uchiyama, even though he's, he's had a difficult, difficult year. Yeah, I guess uh, we can also mention the Angelinski, who, who we covered a few times here. And he got his first challenger main draw win in doubles, which was actually, you know, the circumstances were pretty crazy because he lost in the final qualities round to Gonzalez, like one and two or two and one, can't remember. And then he defeated Gonzalez in, in three hours in the, in the first round. So a matchup between, uh, you know, quali- qualifier and the lucky loser, the, the guys who actually faced in the, in the final qualifying round. But obviously wasn't much of a factor against Uchiyama. But still, you know, in the doubles, there was a Polish final, which was quite nice to see and forced me a bit, you know, to watch the doubles a bit more in this event. Uh, Zielinski ended up losing that with Fernando Romboli uh, to Karol Drzewiecki and Sergio Martus Gornes. I guess the, you know, the winning pair has been playing with each other uh, a bit more. So maybe the, you know, just being able to to work together a little a little better than the other two. Uh, yes, yeah. Should we move on to um, uh, Saint-Tropez or Como? I think so, yeah. Maybe maybe if we start with hardcourts, maybe you can get on with Saint-Tropez then. Yeah, sure. Uh, Benjamin Bonzi, top seed, uh, beat Christopher O'Connor. Well, beat uh, Christopher O'Connor re- retired before the third set from the match uh, after winning the first set tiebreaker 12-10 and losing the second set 6-1. Uh, for Bonzi, um, I actually get a point. I predicted him, <laughs> so uh, that makes it. What is it now? Eight six. Eight six. Eight six. Okay. 
um, his fourth title of the year. It solidifies him as the best challenger player this year uh, at number one in the race. Now almost 170 points is uh, ahead of Tomas Martin Echeverri. Um, he's just, yeah, I mean, I, I, like almost every single time that I see Bonzi in a draw, in a challenger draw, I have to predict it to win. He, he just has such a great record. Um, beat all French players before facing O'Connell, which is uh, kind of funny. Uh, beat Mathias Borg, Kivian Jacquet, Enzo Coacon, uh, and Hugo Grenier on his way to the final where, um, yeah, O'Connell retired before the third set. So what, what, what did you make of the final and Bonzi's whole run? Uh, I love the first set, really. The, the tiebreak was thrilling, really good quality. So, you know, a bummer that you got a point because O'Connor retired. But frankly, I mean, Bonzi really could have won that even if even if O'Connor was at his best. Uh, again, I mean, what can we say about Benjamin Bonzi? I mean, he's, he's won 39 Challenger Tour matches this year. He's been absolutely ridiculous on this circuit. And I'm honestly... Really waiting for a for a main to breakthrough from him because like like when I'm when I'm looking at the results that he's done uh, on on the main tour this year, I mean it's, it's so full of disappointments. Like uh, I just pulled up the the list and uh, I mean Montpellier he lost a very tight match to Gouffet probably should have won really. Uh, in Marseille he lost again this time even wasting match points to Matthew Ebden. I mean that's a match he should be winning. Then again. Uh, uh, well, lost a very tight one to Gianluca Magar at Belgrade, then to Kachanov again 7-6 in the third, then to Martinez in Parma 7-6 in the third. I mean, he just, you know, one, 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 there, there's going to come a point where Bonzi is, is, is going to have to make a, a run like that on the main tour because, it, I mean, he's simply playing far too well to, to not to. And Wimbledon was, I, I guess, pretty great for him with go, taking Cilic to, to four sets. But then again, disappointing losses to Kovacevic in, in US Open qualities or to Galan at Toronto. That's that's definitely not a loss he should be he, he should have on hard courts. I mean, I uh, I saw that he's signed up for Cassie, uh, what is it, Cassis, yeah, next week. And yeah. then he actually wants to play. Uh, Nur Sultan and uh, Sofia. I think he's the uh, 16 alternate or, or something in Sofia. But to uh, for Nur Sultan, he's already in the main draw. So you know that that's not going to be an event that you know uh, that's not going to be an, a stacked ATP 250 in Kazakhstan. So maybe that's that's where Bonzi finally gets to shine. Um, yeah, as you said, four for four Frenchmen, which was pretty funny. One of them was actually Luca Van Asche, which was which was pretty interesting because he, he scored a huge upset over Elias Immer. He's the 2021 Roland Garros Boys Singles Champion. And next week in Cassis, we're gonna talk about it later, but there's gonna be a lot of these yeah, interesting French juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, um, uh, maybe from Saint-Tropez, we should also ma- also mention Tanasi Kokinakis made the semifinals. Uh, finally, a, a good showing for him. It, it's been a while since we saw him on Challengers, since uh, Lexington. Um, and yeah, he, he made the semis there, made the semis here, uh, beat JC Aragon, Bogdan Bobrov, Gregor Barrera in a 7-6-6-7-6-4 four match before eventually losing to, to O'Connell, unfortunately. Uh, what, what did you think of Kokinakis this week? I don't know. I mean, I am I was more impressed with him on clay, frankly, mostly because of the fact that his return has been 
pretty awful. I mean, the against Sugita at the US Open was mostly the reason why he lost. The same pretty much here against O'Connell because he never even created a breakpoint. And I mean, O'Connell is a good server and all, but you know, no one, you know, he's not he's not a Karlovich or a, or a, or an Isner. And uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like on on faster surfaces this is gonna be a, a huge problem for Kokinakis. And I guess we kind of seen we kind of saw it on grass courts. Uh, well, he 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 should be a great grass court player. Like when you look at his skill set, and then then he he did, he couldn't win a single match on this surface this year. Uh, I don't know. If it's gonna be a, a trend that will continue. But for now, I I, uh, I I was actually more impressed with him on on clay than hard this year, which is pretty shocking for me, honestly. One also uh, also one thing I I will mention is that I probably won't be hyping up Alexis Galarno that much anymore <laughs> i mean the, the loss to Grenier was pretty terrifying really and as much as his forehand is a very cool shot and it like he can move the ball around the court very well i i don't know if it's ever going to have that that power that you need to really make it a, a weapon that's something that brings you free uh, you know short three points and Galarno was just just looked severely underpowered in the in that match against Grenier it was a 6-1-6-0 victory for uh, for a guy who's pretty much you know a solid challenger player but not much more uh yes but, but, uh, before we move on from Saint-Tropez we, we should also mention that it was actually O'Connell's first challenger of the year uh interestingly enough even though he's in he's in the ranking range so to play challenges first of the year for him. Um, yeah, do you, do you have anything else for Centropate? I don't think so. I think we're going to go to Como. All right, let's finish it up in Como, where four seed Juan Manuel Zerundolo beat Gianmarco Moroni 7-5-7-6 to get his second challenger title. Um, Zerundolo also beat Lamassine, Cepieri, Senderosic, and Altmaier in the semis, unfortunately for me. <laughs> Uh, I felt like that was a good pick, but yes, um, Serundo, what, what did you think of him this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was a bad pick. I mean, Serundolo defeated him via retirement, the same with Zapieri. And it's actually pretty funny because both finalists had two retirement wins along the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like if, if 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 the final ended like that as well, then the you know the the final the, the title winner would be required just two completed match victories, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> I, I I have no idea if that ever happened on the Challenger Tour, but the I mean Serundolo is just Serundolo. I mean he's doing Serundolo things like looking like now. I mean everyone is gonna punish these moonballs now. I mean he's service to week, and then he just keeps winning. So <laughs> I guess that's a very good sign for his future that he's winning so many matches and still has so many things to improve and not things to improve that you know need to be really uh, you know like fought out and getting uh, he, he doesn't really need to think what do i need to improve like it's it's all there like you you can just see it instantly and he knows it too as so you know with a good coach i mean he probably has a lot more to show us and obviously working on on the forehand and the serve is is the most important part the forehand is not necessarily a weakness defensively obviously but it is a weakness in terms of you know just just killing short balls of it but the final was a big mess and 
not only because of the stream quality, which was actually terrible in Como, by the way, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a mess because Serendolo's you know, lack of, of service game pretty much makes a lot of his matches like that. And Moroni was able to stick around even though he, he really wasn't playing his best tennis on the day. And the, the second set actually lasted like 90 minutes, which is crazy. I, I don't want to sound like a like a Serendolo hater. It's it's not you know it's not the, what I'm trying to say here, but I'm, I, it, it's just hard for me to be impressed with a run like that. Even though he's defeated a couple of very dangerous players, you know, Lamazin with we've talked about his forehand after beat uh, Serda Rusic was obviously just in back to back challenger finals, and then Altmaier. I mean, he wasn't feeling that well. He was he was he was injured. But you know, it still took some rare, some really good abilities from from Serendola to actually you know put him put him in that spot. Yeah, I mean, look for for, for Serendola, we, we've talked about his his playing style, and it always just feels like it's difficult to see it like 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 it's difficult for us to imagine um taking it to another level to like like, like, like like taking the moon balls and the weak serve on the on the main tour and having uh success i mean obviously he's won a title um but but, but, but talking about like sustained success over over a year on the main tour it's tough to imagine i mean i guess we'll find out soon he's on his number 118 now so he's also knocking on the door of the top 100 um, but yeah, maybe he'll prove us wrong. Maybe he's going to be a moonballing number one on the main tour. <laughs> I, mean, I have. This is pretty much what we, what everyone was saying before the. Where was it that he won Cordoba? Yeah. Yeah. So. This is this is pretty much what everyone was saying before Cordoba that on the main tour this is just not gonna work. That Francisco has a lot more potential, and then he came out and won that event. And I still have no idea how he's done it. I still have no idea how guys like Ramos Vinolas, Monteiro, or I can't remember who else he beat in that run, but I, I still can't really uh, understand how it happens. And it's I guess it's really a good thing in in these guys, like for him, because because as I said, there's just so much room for improvement in this guy, and maybe if he just has that ability to to slug out these matches and and keep winning. That, that that that's gonna be a very good sign for the future, but but this style probably isn't going to work on the main tour. Yeah, but I'm adding that probably, and before this year, I definitely wouldn't be. Yeah, I also definitely wanted to mention Como Andrea Babasori uh, made the semifinals here as a qualifier, uh, beat Yella Cells, Franco Agamenone, Jack Draper, Andrei Kuznetsov, Josef Kovalik, your pick, your, your pick for the mm-hmm. <laughs> title, before having to retire uh, in the thirds against Moroni. Um, just, it, has, it has come so incredibly out of nowhere for Vavasori, who's essentially a, a double specialist at 26. Um, he had one win um, before these past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was against uh, Orteca Olmeto. Um, in, in January, but he reached the quarterfinals in Barletta and now he's made the semifinals here in Como. I mean, it's it's very much out of nowhere and unusual to see. So what, what did you think of Abbasari? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's kind of a specialist from this, uh, of these uh, runs out of nowhere. Uh, in Poland, he's actually mentioned quite a lot because back in 2019, he reached the semis uh, at Poznań. Uh, and like, you know, 
every once in a while when I talk to a, a Polish fan of tennis, he just randomly mentions Andrea Vavasori as the Italian guy who, who reached the semis in Szczecin, in other words, Szczecin, Poznań, and was playing great. And I mean, we, we actually talked about him last week and said that maybe he was going to have a bit of a run, but I never expected him to go through Kuznetsov and Kovalik in a row, adding, adding to that Draper, obviously. And I don't know. Maybe he should really start playing singles more because I I feel like he should. I feel like that's a pretty good idea. And 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 he did it while maintaining like strong doubles results. He made the semis mm-hmm. in Badlada, made the final in Como. Um, and next week he actually has a very I would say a like as high profile as doubles matches come on the Challenger Tour. He's playing with Dustin Brown in uh, Tulln against the Meltzer brothers. Ooh. So I I feel like that's definitely appointment viewing uh, he actually beat Dustin Brown this week when he was playing with Andre Martin uh, in the semis but yeah Andre Vavasori if he, he really yeah he's really good he should keep playing more singles he's only 26 I don't feel like that's an age where you where you like have to be a doubles specialist so yeah I definitely expected he was he was uh, older I was thinking like 30 29 something that yeah. 26 is actually pretty shocking that he that he just played like five events this year in singles before Barletta so hopefully more to come because I mean even even if uh even if this just might seem you know Italian soil as well like random runs but I mean you're not just beating Kuznetsov Kovalik Draper in a row if you if you really don't know what to do on on the tennis court? I mean, and he, this guy this guy certainly does does know his way around the singles court. So, do we go for the upset of the week and match of the week now? Uh sure. Yeah, mine are going to be quite unusual, especially my my match of the week is a, is a kind of a weird one. It's very yeah specific to me, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's start with upset of the week. Uh, I went for Vavasori over Kovalik in in Como. We, we just talked about it, but um, coming into that quarterfinal, I felt like Kovalik was in was in pretty good form. Uh, beat Lance, beat Agamemnon without much fuss. Um, and then when I saw that scoreline, I didn't see the match. Unfortunately, I was just like, "Huh!" It really just like stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, really out of nowhere. Um, hopefully, he bounces back. I mean, it was obviously a great week for Vavasori. Um, but I just did not see that quarterfinal when coming from him for, from, from him there. Yeah, actually looking at the bookies odds, I saw that Fafasori wasn't that much of an underdog there, which is surprising to me, but I guess they were yeah. impressed with the Kuznetsov win as well. Uh, there were three absolutely huge in terms of odds, and I have them listed, but the one I went for is Bogdan Bobrov uh, over Zizubergs. This was really shocking to me, but perhaps especially as I've watched Bobrov both in Poznan and uh, Warsaw, and you know I wasn't that impressed. I mean, he he had like he had a win over Manafov, but no one of the Berg's quality, and he yeah. was just able to slice a lot, just leak errors of the Belgian, and that was the you know perhaps because I I saw Bobrov quite a few times in in the past few weeks, and uh, I don't know. It, this was a complete shock to me. Another one that was very high, according to the bookies, was uh, Vanasha over Immer. Uh, I don't know. That wasn't that shocking to me. And the actually the highest odds for the underdog was uh, Ugo Carabelli losing to Iana Kone. 
this Italian guy I admittedly yeah. do not really know that much about. I didn't watch it as well, but I mean, if if you were betting on Ugo Carabelli in, in in this match, then you really should, you know, change your strategy because, you know, the odds were so short and Ugo Carabelli was just coming off a very tough week at Warsaw, obviously winning the title, but just very tiring. So, you know, just don't, don't bet on things like that. <laughs> yes, that, that's very good advice. Um, yeah, match of the week. <laughs> I went with the match that I enjoyed the most this week, and that was Lukas Latsko beating Tobias Kamke, 6-3. Six, six, I knew it. When, when you said you enjoyed the most, I just knew it. <laughs> I had so much fun, Lukas Latsko. It, it, it was the most fun I had, I had watching him in literally years, I think. Um, just absolutely dismantled him. The, the forehand was on point. The serve was on point. He, he, he was really great. Uh, he, he 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 was at the net, very effective. Um, so yeah, that's that's my pick. Let's go over Kamke, six love six three. <laughs> wow, you are absolutely right that this is an unusual pick. We <laughs> we usually go for drama, and I sort of did. I went with Kokinakis Gregor Barrera. Uh, very late finish, like three a.m. local time, which actually seems to be a bit of a trend with my picks that I I go for these matches <laughs> that finish so late. And uh, pr- honestly, probably if not for the US Open, I, uh, maybe I would have already been asleep and not even <laughs> watching that to the finish. But yeah, very high quality uh, as as it was with many Kokinakis matches this year. Uh, I just feel like I've been picking a, a Kokinakis match for the match of the week category a lot. <laughs> But but it deserves it. Uh, I I think it's definitely been one of the one of the most. Obviously, we we can't watch every single match, but from from the ones I've watched, this was probably the the one that got me the most excited this this week. Uh, yep. So I guess we have five five challenger events coming. Uh, it's actually gonna be a bit of a recurring theme because for for the whole September we're gonna have five. Uh, challengers to talk about and then five challengers to preview so today it's a little bit shorter because we we only have free to you know to actually review to talk about the results so where do we start i guess just with the bigger one uh, the biggest uh, one yeah sure let's 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 start with with Tuln. um have you yeah, ever heard did. of the city by the way like i no yeah no. me too this is like the first time i'm seeing the the name of this place no never mind yeah, quite, quite, quite. I've not seen it before. Top seed is Marco Cecchinato, uh, playing an Austrian wildcard I've also never heard of, Filip uh, Misolic. Um, not sure who he is, but his section, he's 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 got Floritek in there. He has Ofner. He has Hugo Gaston. Who um, I don't think I feel like we haven't seen him for a bit. When was the last time they played the challenge? Yeah, but uh, we we haven't seen him since since mid July. So this will be interesting to see him back on the challenger circuit. We have a, a big first round match between Kamil Majerjak and Holger Rune, which would be definitely exciting and, and one to watch. Um, we have uh, Gerald Meltzer with the wild card playing uh, Felipe Meligeni Rodriguez Alves. Uh, so that should also be interesting to, to, to see where his level is. I don't think that you'll be predicting him to win the title this time um, <laughs> after how it went last time. Uh, but he, he, could, he could play Denis Novak uh, in the second round. He also has Vesely in the section. Um, Mate Valkus 
is there in qualifying and he actually won both uh of the 15 case in Bratislava that I was talking about I, I couldn't go see them unfortunately but, but he actually won them uh back to back so yes yeah, so he, he did retire um from a match in Austria the week after but beat Mark Engel 6-1 in the first <laughs> qualifying round so he, he's definitely one to follow if, if he makes it into the main draw as a potential impact player there uh yeah what, what, what do you think of the draw nice i mean i i i kind of missed his success honestly <laughs> but definitely seeing him as the favorite to qualify against martino as well today in the qualities there was a huge upset uh neil oberleitner i have never heard of this uh, austrian wildcard defeated rudolf molecker obviously molecker hasn't been in great form but that's that's still pretty huge other than that i guess i guess the qualities i mean that you know the, the qualifiers shouldn't pose that much of a threat in the in the main yeah. draw Ali Kantman is another first round match that I, that I really enjoy. Uh, excited to see if Alexander Erler can do anything. I mean, after that Kidsbill uh, victory over Karas, he came to Warsaw and lost a very tight match to Kicker. So uh, I think he's playing far better than you know than his rankings usually suggest. Um, you know, five five matches. Uh, no, you're you're absolutely right that I'm not picking Gerald Meltzer here. <laughs> uh, basically back then it was it was a pick based on the fact that the draw was pretty weak here here it's definitely the 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 quality of the field is a lot better uh you know five events per week i i, I used to like it in the past like it in the past because it gave me a chance to pick you know at some events the the crazy things and at some events the the favorites uh, but because i'm trailing right now because I'm down 6-8 in the predictions competition. Actually, I feel like my picks are not going to be that crazy this week. And starting, I mean, uh, I started with Cecchinato. Uh I don't know, I, I kind of discounted Gaston and just, just liked his draw to advance to the semis. Uh, then I'm assuming he would play the winner of Mike Shakruna, which is, by the way, an absolutely stunning first round. And, I mean, it, he played Rune very recently. Uh, San Marino was it? Yeah, San Marino, and the match was fairly close, like two tight sets. So uh, I, I'm not, you know, I think there's gonna come a, a week like a bit of a slump has to come has to come for Rune. Like he's just not gonna continue winning challengers week by week. So I didn't yeah. really feel like, and feel and like and picking and him. especially because he seemed kind of injured in the Djokovic match in the last two sets. Um, um, cramping yeah. again i mean uh yeah i mean we haven't seen that in a while but you know he he was cramping like half of half of his matches in the in the beginning of the season so I don't, uh, yeah uh, but i guess you're right I, i'm not sure what to think so i went with chakinato uh i feel like he's just the, the most sensible pick out of this but a very strong field definitely um yes i've, I've gone for a different pick i've gone for denise novak um, he hasn't had the best results this year. I'm hoping this will be sort of like a, a, like a breakthrough for him for this year. I very much like his draw. Uh, he, he opens against a qualifier who, unless it's, it's Valkus, I'm not really worried about, uh, then has Meltzer or, or Meli Jenny in his section. He, he has his Vesali as the high seed who's done essentially nothing when he's played uh, clay court challengers this year. Uh, it's, you know, home crowd and everything. Um, I, I very much like the section. So, yeah, Denis Novak is my pick. Okay. 
I guess the second uh, second biggest event is in Seville, which, by the way, has absolutely awful yellow clay. And I mean, it, it's not that awful, but it's awful for the viewing experience. Like you just can't see the boulder. I don't know if you checked any uh, I, I, any qualifying I, I the, the qualifying it from there. So. I, I guess I'll enjoy that you tomorrow. Have, you have you haven't seen, yeah. I I just uh, turned it on for a, for a moment to see if it's still the the yellow clay that was uh, that was there the year before, and sadly it is. Actually, even on the PDFs, uh, you know the ATP, you know, the the PDFs with the draws, the surface is yellow clay, so it's actually a, a different <laughs> kind than the. I didn't know that. I, I just thought it was a different color. Didn't know it was it was some sort of a specific type. But yeah, it. it I, I have it, actually never seen that before. That's, yeah, I think it was uh, last year in Seville. I can't remember if 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 that if that's been the case for years, but definitely last year. And the viewing experience isn't great because you just can't really see the ball. But we shall see. Maybe we're gonna. Maybe yeah, we can it, have a good time. It, it, it's literally the, the opposite of, of the blue clay project in, in Madrid all yeah. those years ago. It, they, they've tried to make the ball essentially invisible <laughs> to the viewer. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe that's just like how they're trying to force people to come watch it in person. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> nice, nice, good idea. Yeah, just by ruining the the stream. So, uh, yeah, the, the draw. We 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 have a lot of like. Um, high seeds all of them are spanish essentially yeah all, all of the yeah, almost all of the seeds are spanish the the, the 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 top five seeds uh anyway we have pablo andujar um starting his barranco cosano he has hertz in his section he has barrios vera in his section um andujar i'm trying to remember how he how did he do? Oh yeah, he, he so, so, so he beat Kukushkin, he beat Kolshaber, then he lost to Medvedev. So third round New York, uh, that's pretty good. A very good showing for him, yeah. Yeah, then we have Roberto Carbaez Paena, starts against Oklepo. He has Gallo in his section. It, there's there's Carlos Jimeno Valero, who this might be a, a, a big week for him. Uh, would be interested because because he's been kind of mediocre on on the Challenger Tour so far. Uh, well, uh, 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 at least recently. Um, then we have a section with Carlos Tabener and Bernabe uh, Zapata Miralles, and also Gianmarco Moroni in that section. So that's definitely a difficult one. Um, pro probably, yes, yeah, definitely the most difficult section of the four. Uh, second seat, Pedro Martinez, then open, uh, opens against the qualifier. His section's quite nice. He, he has Koboli uh, there, he has Ugo Carabelli there. Um, two guys who can potentially cause some trouble, but I think it's probably him or Andujar that has the easiest early draw there. Um, yeah, what, what do you think? Yeah, a qualifier to mention has to be Emilio Nava, who yeah. played a, I mean, played a very good match would be a stretch, but had some great moments against Musetti at the US Open. Wasn't a fan of this wild card, but I mean, on clay he's even better than Hard recently. Uh, won a won a twenty. 25k was it i guess in, in I, I can't remember it was a uh, 15k or 25k in in spain in march and also had good showings at gran canaria challengers so uh that that's someone i'm looking at maybe not to win the event but potentially do something although the qualifier spots are 
well, three out of the four are really tough because there's Taberner, Martinez, Jimeno Valero, and then uh, Lopez San Martin. So that, that that's a spot where Nava would be the favorite. I love the first round between Andujar and Baranko Cusano. Very excited to see if Baranko Cusano can keep up that, that, that form that he had in Ludenscheid and then Warsaw. Uh, Andujar will be, as you mentioned, he had a good run at the US Open, but he'll be changing surfaces quickly, obviously back to his favorite, but this could be an issue. Uh, as for the winner picks, I was generally looking only at the five Spaniards we mentioned. Uh, I feel like there's a very good chance one of them does it. Not really comfortable at pick, with picking guys like Zapata, Miralesh or Taberner because they're in the same section. And as you mentioned, it's very strong. Uh, then Martinez, I'm kind of traumatized by uh, because of picking him in Ludenscheid, was it as well? Yeah, I think so. When he, when he lost to Ugo Carabelli, uh, who's again in his section, by the way, but I mean, <laughs> he has to get there first beating Koboli or, or Justino, which isn't that easy. So it was pretty much between Andujar and Carbaez Baena for me. And I, I'm going to go with Carbaez Baena. I really like his draw obviously the, the first two rounds because then Jimeno Valero or Gallo isn't that easy but then again I, I feel like he's always a very solid pick to to go deep in an event and if he goes deep then maybe he can win it uh, yes yeah for, for my pick I went for Pablo Andujar uh, yeah as you mentioned the first round against Baranco Cosano is tough the rest of the section however I don't really think is that difficult so I'm going to bet on Andujar making it out of, the, out of the first round and then hopefully all the way to the title. Um, yeah, a, a, anything else that we have here or are we moving on to Wudabikio? Uh, come again? Where? Uh, so so, so, so do, we, do, we, do we have anything else for Sevilla or are we moving on to uh, Kio? No, no. No, we can move on. Actually, I, I I'm a bit surprised by the by the pronunciation. I actually have no idea how to pronounce this city in in English. I I just realized I've never even heard it, and I I mean you're probably right because you, I'm assuming you did, but no. I'm just using the Slovak pronunciation. Uh, I I guess they they usually go like Kiev. I yeah, I guess a, I guess something like that was I, was more yeah. what, what I heard, but I, I I have no clue actually. I mean, it's in in Polish, it's a bit different. It's Kiev, so. I... Yes. Um, yeah. In there, we have Sebastian Baez as a top seed facing a, a Ukrainian wildcard who I've never heard of, uh, Ilya Beloborodko. He's twenty years old. Uh, should be a, a nice first round for, for Baez there. Uh, in the section, he has Kostanostien, who we talked about today, uh, Bonadio, Giannu, uh, a couple of guys. Then we have a next section with Sergei Stakovsky uh, playing, you know, not on his favorite surface, but in, in front of a, a home crowd, um, pretty much. Well, um, uh, but he does have Popko in his section, which is, is he's probably the favorite to come out of that one. Uh, next section, we have Quentin Alice playing against Nuno Borges, uh, which should be interesting. We have Clark, we have Skatov, Uccinelli de Almeida, and Verbensky also there. And last section, we have Federico Ferreira Silva playing against Orlando Luz. Um, in the section, there's also Lamassine. We actually talked about Lamassine and Lestien today. <laughs> I, I, I always mix those two up. Uh, La Masina Lestien, uh, Ag uh, uh, Agamenone could be 
no, I mean, not, not really a threat unless it's an ITF. But he does have Kozlov in the first round, who you talked about as being horrible last week. So <laughs> probably should make the second round at least. Yeah, I mean, it's um, clay too, right? So, so Ko- yeah. Ko- Kozlov is probably going to be a bit worse than on hard here. Yeah, the, the wildcard choices are are kind of interesting. Well, I mean, I I, I guess they, they, they're sort of the, the younger guys. But there is one here, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Zussman from America, who's 21, unranked. Um, eight matches this year, all losses. So yeah, I, I wonder if he bought it or something because he he doesn't seem to be a very good tennis player. <laughs> yeah, I mean his, his record. I can't remember it right now, but it was something absolutely crazy, like one to twenty or something like that on the futures tour. And I mean, obviously not expecting much from him against Giannu. That that's a that's a weird wild card. Probably just as you said, bought bought it or knows someone from the tournament. Yeah. But Beloborodko and and Krutek actually have been showing up a lot in these ITF draws. Beloborodko, I think, even won one this week. Uh, a fifteen k. Uh, so so he's probably not as bad as as you'd expect. I obviously still don't yeah. expect him to beat Bias. But 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 the 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 two might have might actually have some potential. So uh, so I, I I definitely don't hate these wild cards. It's very weird to see Sergei Stakowski being a sixth seed on, on in a challenger on clay. To be honest with you, I don't know. It just <laughs> just it just throws me off so, somehow. Uh, but it's great. I, I haven't actually thought about it earlier, but I mean, it's great that he gets a chance to play in front of in front of his home crowd in in what is his last season on the on the on the pro circuit. So that that's that's fantastic, actually. You know, just in in terms of that, uh, I love the first round between Jay Clark and Skatov, definitely. Also, Nuno Borges against Alice. If if Borges is going to be able to to come back to the to the good stuff that we've seen from him in Oirash, for example, and I did go for a top seed pick here, Sebastian Baez. Not only because he's the top seed, obviously, but because the draw is pretty good for him. Uh, I feel like you know, a Dimitri Popko could be an issue, maybe, but. If Baez is playing any sort of, you know, as he was in the free challengers that he won this year, then I feel like he has a very good chance to go far here. But the the, the bottom half is probably a bit stronger, and that's that's what also made me pick made me pick Baez. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, I I looked at Popko. I really wanted to pick Popko, but um, I just can't like I, I I like to pick the most talented player in the draw and Sebastian Baez is that by by far I think and Popko is still I mean this is the type of draw is it's kind of not, not quite similar to, to to Prague too but but I feel like it's it's not quite on that like stellar uh challenger tour level like like it's not going to be like a, a, a like a draw that we talk about forever as as being incredibly mm-hmm. stacked where I could definitely see him make a run, but I feel like Baez is just like much better than him. So I'm also picking Baez. Yeah, I was kind of expecting that there, but you know, still hoping that you you maybe went for I don't know Kaichi Uchida or <laughs> or Yoris Delor, but... Nick Chapel. Yeah, Nick Chapel. Yeah, apparently not. But I guess I guess I, I'm looking at Popco right now, and I mean the draw is great as well, but. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, 
regretting not picking him but at the same time we we mentioned this you know like two or three weeks ago that whenever Dmitry Popko comes close to a challenger title his mind just completely goes away so maybe it, <laughs> it's the right call yeah and we we have Banyaluka and Cassis left which I guess we should go to Banyaluka first and finish with the clay Yes, yeah. Top seed, Andre Martin, never yeah. trust him again. Lost to Arna Baldi in, in Como, uh, which, yeah, really poor. <laughs> he, he, he has denied in the first round. He has Dominic Stefan Stricker potentially in the second round, uh, who's a talented player. Um, otherwise, the section, you know, there, there's there's a wild card from Bosnia, who's 18, uh, Dražen Petrovic, who haven't heard of i'm not sure if he's if he's a good junior or not um yeah not 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 a, not a great junior um but yeah there, there's there's sumit nagal the six, the fifth seed so like if the, the 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 section is good for him but i know that he's going to somehow still lose before the quarterfinal <laughs> um yeah, ne- next question, there's Nikola Milojevic uh, playing his another Bosnian wildcard, Vladan Tadic, who actually has an ATP ranking. Uh, he's number 1,771, uh, but, you know, made a... Well, no, actually, that, that that's just the second round. I, th- I thought it was five wins in a row because he qualified for 15K, but that's, yeah, just the second round. Never mind. I, also in the section, Kuzmanov, we talk about a lot. Uh, Shevchenko, we talked about a lot as well. Uh, Zdenek Kolarz, uh, one of the doubles goats <laughs> of that challenge tour. He, he definitely will be by the time he finishes. Uh, next up, we have somebody who I'm very excited to see again. Uh, it's Echeverry. We haven't really we haven't seen him since the beginning of, of August uh, in Cordenas where he lost to Francisco Serundolo in the final. Uh, in this section, there's uh, Sedarušić, there's Petrovic, um, Sačko Fatic, and the last section has Juan Manuel Serundolo opening up uh, opening against uh, Jaziri. We also have Churxin Tseng um, and. Eighth seed Vid Kopshiva, who hasn't been in great form uh, since, since, since making the semifinals, really. Lost to Popko. He, he, he basically has one win since making that semifinal in Ingstadt. So maybe this could be a bit of a bounce back for him. But yes, what, what do you think of the draw? Yeah. Um, well, no, sorry. Uh, Echeverry is also very, very interesting for me. I, uh, you know. Uh, I'm super curious if he's gonna keep doing what he was doing in in that five week, you know, stretch of five tournaments in Italy. Uh, I honestly kind of expect so. Uh, Andre Martin, as you mentioned, I mean the draw is really good, but at the same time, Guinard or Streaker could definitely beat him in, in this form, even on. Well, I said even on clay uh, for Stricker, and I mean Stricker won the Roland Garros uh, title in juniors, but I guess he's you know he, he with his skill set he's definitely gonna be better on faster surfaces in the future. I was quite sure that I heard the name Vladan Tadic before, and then and that he was a good junior or something, but then I checked and he wasn't. His career high in juniors is uh, one thousand four hundred and eighteen. So now that, that that I'm mixing him up with someone, uh, I love that first round between Kuzmanov and Shevchenko. That's definitely what I'm watching. 
Although this this tournament in general, I feel like has uh, has the worst draw probably out of out of all the five that we that we have to talk about this week, or maybe not. Maybe Kiev is actually is actually uh, comparable or or even worse. Uh, I as for the winner pick, I was actually very very close to going for something crazy and picking Shevchenko. <laughs> <laughs> which i feel like is a bit over the top do it, do it. <laughs> although yeah i feel like this guy is going is going to be on the rise at some point but the draw is too tough i mean in kuzmanov i mean he's already defeated Zdenek kolash in in poznan uh which which would be great and i mean he's also uh as you mentioned he's a he's a a long time uh, appearance on the on this podcast, but I decided to go with Echeverry after all. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of expect him to jump back to to where he was uh, last month, and he the, the draw isn't that great because he might need to play Sedarusic in the second round. But it's also nothing that he wouldn't be able to, you know, to go through if he plays like in Italy last month. And I, I'm, I'm hoping he does. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've also gone for Echeverri. <laughs> yeah, I kind of expected uh, that as well. Yeah. Matching once again as with Baez. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he, he is the number two player in the in the challenger race. Uh, so he's been absolutely incredible. He's been consistent, and finally he's had a rest, which he's earned <laughs> with his results. Um, he yes, since Cordenons, he he played um, the U.S. Open, but lost in the first round to to Cuoco. So he's essentially had like like, like a full month's rest. So I'm definitely expecting to to come into Banya Luca here and and show everybody what he's made of. Um, the last wildcard I did mention is actually Marco Topo, who who is who actually is a good junior. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get Medjidovic, who I was a little bit excited. Potentially, we might, we might get him uh, at Banja Luka, but not to be. Yeah, I guess the Bosnians like Topo, but don't like Medjidovic. <laughs> yeah, so it seems. <laughs> uh, all right, let's finish it up with Cassis. Yeah, as I mentioned before, we've got a lot of great French juniors here because Luca Vanasha is playing uh, Yusuke Watanuki. The Vanasha won the Ron Garros uh, boys singles title this year. Uh, in the finals, he defeated Arthur Fields, who is playing uh, Tatsuma Ito here. And one of them, I can't exactly remember which, defeated uh, Giovanni Mpechi Pericard in the, in the semis. And Petri Pericard is actually in the qualies draw, and he defeated Calvin Emery this uh, today, and he has a very very good uh, second uh, final qualifying round tomorrow against Arthur Raymond, also a, a Frenchman and also an, an alternate to the qualifying draw. Uh, he he actually Raymond only qualified uh, well only made made it for the first round because of a retirement, so I'm assuming that Petri Pericard would. You know, is is a solid favorite to come through there. Uh, there, I I am very excited to check how these guys are gonna be doing. I mean, at, at the French Open this year, the, that was a very rare occurrence that uh, all four semifinalists in a boys in a boys singles slam were from the same country, which I guess just speaks of of the potential that uh, you know that that the group of current 17, 18 year olds 
even 16, I think, in terms of fields, uh, has you know, that 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 put no, he's 17 already as well. But that 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 group of French players could have a lot of potential, and just you know, they're gonna be coming onto the tour together. The fourth semifinalist, uh, Jean Quenel, uh, is not here actually, but I, I I guess we're looking at fields with with the most potential because he's playing Tatsuma Ito. I mean, Vanasha also has a fairly winnable one against Watanuki. So th- these are the guys I, I'm definitely going to look at this week and just, just see where they are. i definitely not expecting wins at this stage yet, but you know, Vanasha just defeated Elias Immer last week. So that, that, that definitely shows that the potential is there. Although in terms of, in terms of weapons, he's probably the, the weakest of the three fields and, and Bechi Pericard did did really well at Ron Garros qualifying as well because Bechi Pericard was leading Marterer uh, by a set and a break I believe and playing fantastic tennis uh, before that and Fields actually won a round against Bernard Tomic who's obviously not not a another factor on clay courts but it was it was still a, a huge achievement at this at that stage of his career and then they all went to to do that to achieve that these fantastic results in in the in the boys singles slam uh yeah uh, yeah i just talked for about them for long <laughs> you can uh, yes i mean i i feel like that this is probably the the strongest draw that we have this week definitely um, even, though, even though it's 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 an at and um uh Tuln is a, is a hundred but yeah benjamin bonzi uh top seed Opens against Fabiano, then potentially, I mean, then he plays uh, the winner of Latsko Tomic. So we could have two winners from last week facing off in the second round already. That's incredible. You've talked a lot about uh, these juniors. We we, 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 we also have, um, as you mentioned, Mpeji Pericard and uh, Kazo are both um, still potential qualifiers, also locally. Um, he used to be a, a good junior at one point, I think. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, Nicolas Harry is actually somebody I thought about a little bit for uh, for, for, for the for the winner pick. Um, I'm I'm not going for that in the end. But yeah, just a lot of exciting first rounds. There, there's you know Kukushkin is playing Safulin, uh, Zhuk is playing Rodionov, uh, Liam Brody is here playing Ernesto Escobedo, Kulbis is here. He's going to play O'Connell if if O'Connell plays. I, I'm I'm not sure what his medical issue was. Um, Five injury. I have no idea how serious okay, it's yeah. gonna be. Okay, uh, unlikely then. Well, Kubis will most likely play a lucky loser. Uh, Luca Pui is here, playing only his second challenger this year. Uh, yeah, a, a very very interesting draw, and I went for Benjamin Bonzi because he is <laughs> the the best challenger tour player this year. Um, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like we've picked a lot of um, obvious picks. We've picked a lot of top seeds this week. Who have you gone for? Yeah, I I went for an unseeded player. Uh, but as you mentioned, I mean, I was really... I was really contemplating almost everyone here because honestly, there's so many great first round matchups. Like the ones you uh, you didn't mention were like Cherik Bilek Barrera. I mean, I'm not sure about Cherik Bilek's form right now because he was pretty disappointing at the US Open qualies then against Fabiano last week as well. Uh, last week, we both picked Kasper Zhuk to win uh, Mallorca. No, no Santrope. Mallorca? No, Santrope. No, Mallorca. 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 Yes, I, I, uh, I, I've been mixing these two a lot. 
uh, any of Mallorca. And uh, I guess we're not doing that this week because because he was pretty bad in that in that loss to Kuzmanov. But there's just so much talent in in this draw. Like I perhaps would have picked O'Connell if not for the injury, honestly. But I ended up going with Tanasi Kokinakis. <laughs> so yeah. I've just criticized his return game and all, and I know that. But I, I like the draw. I mean, I even thought of Kukushkin, honestly, which I guess would have been a pretty crazy pick, even, even if he's the fourth seed. But you know, the US Open qualities were, it was probably his best tournament in a while. Uh, but I like the, the draw for, for Kokinakis, Kokushkin or Safiuli in the second round. Then it's Rodiono for Zhuk, also not, not in great form. Uh, Kokinakis, Bonzi, Semis, I'm all for it. I mean, even, even if you're going to win, uh, I don't care. I mean, this is, a, this is a match I want to see. But Lachko Bonzi in the second round is actually really huge as well. And I guess it, it has, it's got a really good chance of happening because uh, you know, Bonzi has been... Uh, so stellar on the challenger tour and uh, i just don't see bernard tomek winning a lot of matches right now i mean it, it's yeah. it's pretty funny because at the beginning of the year he was uh, quite motivated at the at the australian open i, I remember picking him to qualify and like you know being a bit laughed off uh, laughed off for that for that uh, prediction and it actually ended up working but since then tomek has been awful awful and awful again yeah yes yeah so um just to recap all of our picks um i have picked dennis novak pablo andujar sebastian baez thomas martina cheveri and benjamin bonzi damian has picked marco cecchinato roberto carbeas carbeas baena sebastian baez thomas martina cheveri and tanasi kokinakis yeah, I just realized that I think I already went for most of these guys this year, that you know the ones that I picked. Yes, but I mean, yeah, yeah, that there are some. You know, we always talk about the unpredictability of the Challenger Tour, but there are some guys who, uh, you know, whom we have high expectations for, and these are these are among the, the, you know these the players like Baez, uh, Kokinakis, or Echeverry are definitely among them. Uh, yeah, so we've, I guess we've come to the end of this. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to get used to these longer podcasts because as, as we mentioned, 20 events over four weeks. Actually, Goyovchik <laughs> is leading Alcaraz uh, at the US Open right now. So hey, maybe... I, actually, I actually put some money on that because I felt like Alcaraz would have a tough time recovering um, after that huge of a win. So you have won the first set. Um, he was hoping I can make a little bit of money. <laughs> I fully agree. I mean, uh, the, the odds were simply wrong there. I mean, yes. Alcaraz yeah. is I mean, not that much a favorite. Like, he was a he was a one twenty favorite when I put it on, mm-hmm. um, or, or, or I think one twenty five maybe. Uh, Goevich was at four thirty three, so I, that was. Like, like a must pick for me when, when I saw those odds. Yeah, they're uh, just expecting the consistency from him that he probably doesn't have yet. Um, no, and I mean, he, he, he even admitted himself in the post-match interview that um, he felt horrible in the fourth set against the Tipas and the crowds would have carried him into the tiebreaker and he was able to to break through there. Um, that was not something encouraging for me as, as, some, as, somebody, as someone tried to predict that match uh for for his performance i mean like 
Yeah, he, he, he like, like, like the moment that I saw he's playing Goyovchik, I was like, okay, it's going to be like a smaller court. It's not going to be Ash. It's probably going to be Grandstand. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's not going to have that sort of incredible support against Tsitsipas, who sort of became the villain. <laughs> yeah, I hope he still makes it through. I mean, not, 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 not for the for the US Open prediction, uh, you know, the draft pick that we had, but I just, you know, I just feel like it's going to be a much more interesting quarters, uh, for, you know, if it's Probably, Alcaraz yeah. against Ojali, Cynthia or not Gojovcik. I honestly haven't been that impressed with Gojovcik, but I mean. Here, here we go, semis, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, he needs to, he needs to make the finals to tie and, and you can actually, I think, I think we should, in, in the future, we should probably get some bonus points. Like if a qualifier wins the title, then, then you just win. <laughs> then you just win automatically. Oh, we can actually still do that. Yes. Yeah. If, if, if one of our qualifiers uh, wins, you automatically win the game. Yeah, that's actually very, very good because, you know, the, the, there can't be two winners. And then at the same time, it's going to maintain the tension as long as Gojovczyk is in the tournament, uh, <laughs> which might not be for long, but we shall see. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, thanks, thank you for listening. We're not going to talk about the, the US Open for longer here. And see you next week when we talk about Tuln, Sevi, Panya Luka, Cassis, and Kiev. I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna try to get that pronunciation uh, of the capital city of Ukraine uh, better for next week. Uh, so thank you. Bye. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric edition of the show from hosts Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. You can go read Damian's thoughts on the run of Botik Vendison Sculpt on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, as always, again, no two people followed the Challenger beat closer than these two. And there's a lot of Challenger action coming up over the next few weeks so appreciate them as always taking the time to share their show with our Cracked Rackets listeners of course there's also a Grand Slam going on right now the 2021 US Open entering week two if you have missed any of the action in New York you can catch up on it all with our Cracked Rackets content mini breaks recapping each and every day of action GSP aces of the day as well offering picks each night you can find those wherever you listen to your podcast of course if you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at crack rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod like rate subscribe review to this show the mini break podcast the cracked interviews podcast I, I wouldn't ask if it didn't help us with the metrics once i see all of you have done it i will stop asking so again we appreciate all of you who take the time to do that i know i always appreciate the effort of super producer daniel westoff who as always has a of an editing job to do a shout out as well to our friends at tennis point tennis point uh tennis dash point.com the promo code is cr15 with that said for host damien kust and yaka bobro for our friends at tennis point super producers max flinger and daniel westoff and all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say hey great shot 
and we will see you all later today. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com specialoffer.